Hey, Talking Church, excited for this week because we were at All Staff last week, seven days ago, and Pastor Rob taught a lesson, which was basically part two of his Calendar Hacks lesson. And I thought, rather than trying to manufacture something for this week, you should just hear straight from him from all staff. So unfortunately, the video quality, since we're at one of our other campuses, is not quite as good as our broadcast. So this is an audio-only episode. But if you're listening, you figure that out already. And it's so good. He talks about avoiding burnout. He expands on some of the things that he talked about on his calendar hacks. And then he shares a bunch of bunch more things about ways that we fall victim as pastors, ways that we're not going to stay strong, ways that we're going to avoid longevity. But then he talks about things that we can do to have longevity as well. So it's super helpful for me, even though I'm his son, even though I've heard him talk about a lot of these things things before. I learned something new, and I know you will as well. So this is something I think you're probably, if you're listening, you're going to want to share this with other members of your staff, your team, even people in your church that you'd say, hey, you need to hear this, ways that we can avoid to the burnout, we can avoid collapsing, and where we can be long in ministry, we can be sustainable in ministry, and have longevity. And so I'm excited for you to get into this episode. It'll be a little bit different since it is from our all staff, him speaking on stage, uh, but grab your notepad out. It is amazing. Jumping in from Pastor Rob. With that being said, they're leaving so well. And how are you going to stay in a place a long time? 11 years. How are you going to make it four? How are you going to make it 20? Some of you have made it 20. I will say Tom Pock is the, besides Beck and I, he's the longest lasting staff member. All right. All right. I'm going to fire through this. I'm going to fire through this. Then we're going to eat. All right, all right. The first thing is you have to continue to grow. You have to grow professionally, uh, emotionally, spiritually. You have to stay ahead of the people you're pastoring and leading or you cannot stay a long time. Because if you disciple them and you're like, this is all I got. I got 27 discipleship lessons. And as soon as that's done, I got nothing else. What do you got to do? You got to leave and go to a new church and do your 27 discipleship lessons, okay? Okay, you got to stay ahead of them. And if you're not growing, you will not make it a long time in ministry. You got to say, you got to read. You got to get around other leaders. You've got to be saying, who's further ahead of me that I can glean from? You've got to try to get whatever you can to stay growing. Now, another thing that you're going to have to do if you're going to stay a long time, you're going to have to let go of people on the climb. This is really hard. And I don't mean like Clinton and Portia leaving now. I don't mean that. I mean like people in your ministry that are right there with you and they're the key youth leaders and all of a sudden God's calling you to next level and you're asking for a greater commitment and they're like, we can't do that. And you're like, okay, you can't be like, well, we'll, 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 we'll change the commitment level for you. We, 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 don't need it. we don't need you to do the same as everybody else. If you do that, you're gonna hurt your team. You gotta, you, sometimes you gotta leave people on the mountain and you just keep climbing and there's nothing wrong. They're not bad people. They just went as far as they could go with you. Okay, but you have to, sometimes you have to let them go like that and like, I can't do it. And, and emotion, like on a personal level, you say, how close can you get to people in the church? You can get as close to them as they want to keep climbing the mountain with you. But as soon as they say, I can't climb that way, I can't, I can't make that commitment, I can't do that. Well, then there, there becomes a gap between you and people in the church. You're like, okay, I, I'm gonna keep doing this. I'm gonna keep giving this way and I'm gonna keep living this way. And you're not a bad person, but I, I just got to keep climbing that mountain to what God has called, because I'm going to keep growing. And so sometimes you have to leave people there, okay? We're not mad. We're not mad. We're thankful for however far along the mountain they went with us, but 
you know, sometimes you have to do that. That's how you're going to make it. You're going to have to live in the new and the next, all right? If you're going to make it a long time at River Valley or any church, you have to live in the new and the next, all right? What do I mean by the new? What's new about your job that you can grow in? What's new about your calling that you can discover? What's new? Like, literally, this year, I'm 58 years old, and I just discovered something new about the Christmas story that numbers with Balaam is the first reference about Jesus. Like, I didn't know that till this year. There's always something new. Don't think you know it all, all right? Keep living in the new and the next. What do I mean by new and next? Like, look at how many people have changed positions on this team. Like, Kirk Graham was hired as Ryan's assistant worship leader. Then he was the Egan worship leader. Then he was the city campus pastor. Then he was the Apple Valley campus pastor. Now he's the executive pastor over the, you know, you say, people are new. People are moving around. You look at people, I could go through Anthony Cox. I could go through Sean Rail. I used to say Sean Rail's job, his title should be called Slash because he was youth slash custodian slash this slash connections slash. He was Slash before Slash was Slash. All right, all right. Live in the new and the next. If you're at River Valley for 10 years and you don't visit just about every continent on a global team, that's your fault, all right? I mean, like, you could travel the world. I mean, you're like, I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day, who's that? Somebody on our staff, I forget, but he was talking about his friend and he's like, I'm telling my friends, like, I've been to this place, this place, I've done this trip, I did this, I had lunch with John Bevere, did, and they're like, his friend's like, I like, I, I got to do the announcements last week. You know, like, it's like, yeah, like, like, this is exciting. If you want to stay a long time, you got to live in the new and the next. And some of that could be global teams. Some of that could be who you raise up. That's also new and next. Some of you are like, I think there's more in me. I got more in me. I got more in me. Well, let's look at your downline. How many people have you raised up in ministry? If you think there's more in you, live in the new and the next. Now it's time for you to stop doing it all and raise up a downline of people living the new and the next. That's how you're going to make it a long time. Um, if you're going to make it a long time, your personal walk with God has to remain first before your ministry. You understand? Like you have to stay in love with Jesus because if you only work for Jesus and don't love Jesus, you're going to burn out. You're going to want to quit. You got to stay in love with Jesus. Like soap is not a pinnacle endpoint. Your soap is a starting point. It's really, really, to be honest with you, soap was like a safety net for a devotional life with Jesus because so many people weren't in the Bible. When I asked our church years ago, are you even reading the Bible? They're like, yeah, Proverbs and my utmost for his highest. That is Christian lying for a devotion life, you know, all right? It is, it's true. It's, it's, the, it's the Christian lie that if you ever get, what, what do you do in your devotions? Well, my utmost for his highest in Proverbs of the day. That's a lie, all right? That's a lie. So soap was meant to be a safety net to get you started, not the pinnacle. Keep in love with Jesus, all right? Um, here's another one that if you're gonna make it a long time, you cannot get bitter. You have to be a quick forgiver. Colossians talks about be quick to forgive. You have to, you have to, you have to be quick to forgive. Um, and if you don't know the whole story of Joe Anderson, it would be worth it someday for him and I to do a staff meeting. Like we were bitter, bitter, like, and, and God's restored that. And I let him preach. And one of our pastors, I won't say who, said, man, I don't know that I could have ever done that. I mean, it was good enough for you to forgive him. I can't believe you put him on that platform. I'm telling you, you cannot live bitter. You cannot live bitter. You cannot live that way. You got, I would rather get burned over and over again than live bitter and angry, you know? So you gotta be quick to forgive and realize that God asks you to work with people 
and people will let you like seriously you just you're just you got to forgive and not get bitter if you get bitter you will be it'll affect you as a as an employee it'll affect you as a person it'll affect you as a husband a wife it'll affect you in so many as a parent you just don't want to be bitter you just got to forgive we've been forgiven of so much and we just got to forgive and not get bitter um another thing if you're going to make it a long time you have to have guardrails what do I mean? You have to have certain people you just can't be around. You're going to have to put up guardrails like, I can't be around you. You're toxic. You're negative. Every time I'm around you, you bring me down. You make ministry seem like a, a that it's dreadful, and I'm not going to be around you. I'm not going to, and, and I'm not going to, so you're going to have to put up some uh, uh, guardrails of people that are negative, toxic, or whatever. And, and you might say, well, that's not on my team. But sometimes when you leave here and you hang out with other pastors and they're neg- I mean, I would just get so discouraged. I mean, I, I remember one pastor, he said to me, ministry would be awesome if it wasn't for the people. And I was like, I think it is people. Like, it's what we're doing, you know? Yeah, that's, that's terrible. And this guy had a church like 1,500. And I'm like, that, you know, like, it is people, like, we, I don't want to be around you. I don't want to be around negative like that. And I'm going to put up guardrails and I'm going to make it a long time. And which I said in the, the podcast the other day, and I'll say again, if you haven't heard it, um, I control on Friday. I'm like only life-giving on Friday. I'm not going into the weekend with problems. Now you might say I have to solve problems, like lose, like I solve problems all the time. All right, I get it. But if I can control it, Friday is life-giving. I'm going to make it a long time because when I'm on Friday, Friday is a life-giving day for me. I'll solve problems Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday after church. But Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning, I'm staying in a life-giving zone, and that's going to help me have longevity. Another thing is you have to use up your vacation. You have to, if you're going to make it a long time, you have to use up your vacation. And I hate that our culture makes people feel guilty for going on vacation. Like, Okay, I hate that. Use your vacation. You get it. You like it was part of the deal. Like we should not be mad at you that you're using your vacation. Now, I would prefer that you didn't use it. Well, you're not allowed to on Easter, Christmas Eve, you know, like critical moments. Okay, but use your vacation. That's how you're going to stay a long time. All right, here's another one that is not so obvious. Stay in the wonder. Stay in the wonder. We get to do this. If you ever get discouraged, you're like, I can't, and you want to, like, no. Like, so much of the world is bivocational in ministry. The fact that we get to do this is incredible. Right off the start, like, that we get to do this. Like, and, and, and to have this worship, Alicia was like, this is so healthy. This was so good, this worship. I said, I know, isn't this like the healthiest church could be. Like, we have tongue interpretation. We have worship. We have God moment. We have presence of God. I mean, like, we're, I am healed. I mean, stay in the wonder that we get to do this. And and thank God, years ago, there was a, a pastor friend of ours, Jenya Kosovich. He preached a message called, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. He goes, and he said, the first time I ever flew on an airplane, he goes, I'm from Ukraine. You know, I've never been on a plane and I'm in row 34, you know, middle seat. Oh my God. I'm on an airplane. You know, he said, and then 10 years later, he's complaining because he didn't get, you know, upgraded for free to first class. And God's like, where's the, oh my gosh. Did you lose the wonder? Don't lose the wonder. Even last night, leaving the kids Christmas musical last night, I was like, there were like 150 kids on the stage. Like, 
We had less than that in our church for two years. Look what God's doing. Oh my goodness, this is incredible. That was just a kid's night. I mean, and that's how we live. We're still living in the wonder. If you want to know how you're going to make it, you got to live like, you know, like, oh my goodness, can you believe that? We recorded another album. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh, like, can you believe that? We did I mean, that's how you should live. And if you don't, you're going to be like, another kid's musical. No, oh my goodness. We get to do this. We get to do this. I mean, they presented the gospel so clear. I was like, wow, so proud of them. Side note, side note. Side note, I don't know the backstory of this little guy at Apple Valley Musical, but I watched him. He didn't sing one time. He didn't sing. Now, he was good. He did the motions. He's like. He did not speak. And then I was like, maybe he can't speak. And then during a break, I saw him speak to the kid next to him. And I was like, he can't speak. He just didn't want to sing, but he did really good on the motions. All right. There's always that kid within the, you're always looking for the one that's picking his nose or, you know, all right. Stay in the wonder. Stay in the wonder. All right, a couple more things real quick. If you're going to stay in ministry a long time, you got to become a great problem solver. Right now, you better become a great problem solver. It's always problems. What did, what did they bring to Jesus? They didn't say, Jesus, we got a praise report. we got a praise report. What did they do? Jesus, we got a problem. No food. Got a problem. Jesus got a problem. Demon possessed. Jesus got a problem. Sick person. Sick person. Like all it was is problems. And Jesus was a problem solver and he taught his disciples how to be problem solvers. The church starts, problem, widows, got to take care of them, solve the problem. You, if you're going to make it a long time in ministry, you have to become a great problem solver. You should work on that skill. Oh, how am I going to solve the problem? How am I going to do, even the Apostle Paul, when you read the, his letters, it's like, all right, let's fix this problem. Okay, nope, nope, that's outside the bounds. Stop, fix that problem. Nope, I'll correct that when I get there. Like, he's a problem solver. You just have to solve problems. And you're like, if church is so full of problems. Yes, we have people that we're pastoring and there's problems. Solve the problem. Solve the problem. Like Logan was like, if you get that irritation, bring it to the Lord and solve the problem. Um, and then uh, if you're gonna make it a long time in ministry, you gotta make sure your kids and your marriage don't get toxic as well. Um, Becca and I had a rule. We didn't talk bad about the church in front of our kids. It helped us to last a long time in ministry. Um, and we didn't let the church make our kids get toxic either. Like, if you don't know the story, and this is true, like Logan used to want a mohawk every year. He wanted a mohawk, like a mohawk mohawk, like a foot high with cement gel in it and spikes. Like, yeah, yeah, you didn't know that. When he was in elementary, we got to find some pictures. There's, is there a picture of it even? We probably buried it. But, um, but we were like, all right, all right. Every year for the last week of school, you can have a mohawk and then you could shave it in the summer and get a buzz cut. And he's like, deal. And so what's, it's funny, like every, you know how every grade has like their graduating class, you know, and their musical, every musical, Logan, big old spike. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding, every year, every year. And everybody be like, wow, what church do they pastor? You know, I mean, like, and I remember somebody came up to me and they're like, I can't believe you're letting your kid have a mohawk. I can't, you're a pastor and he's a pastor's kid. I said, it's only hair. And it's only like a week or two. Then we make him get a buzz cut. Don't worry about it. He's fine. He's not rebellious. He's just creative. All right, you know. So, but we didn't let 
we didn't let our, our marriage and our kids get toxic. We didn't talk bad about the church. And, and when I say the marriage, and I'll say this, if you're going to last a long time, you got to be able to like, you got to be able to be consumed with the mission, but able to let it rest when it needs to rest. I'm never not on mission, but I'll never forget, like I'd walk into a room and I'd be like, this room is 20 by 40 and it seats 107 people and the design of this is absolutely amazing and it's acoustically perfect, blah, blah, blah. And Becca was like, we're just on a date. Like I just, we just wanna, I just wanna enjoy dinner. And I'd be talking about church. I'd be like, have you seen this? This paging system would work great for parents and their kids and there's gonna be an awesome paging system. And one night we're at dinner and she just goes like this. She covers her eyes. She goes, what color are my eyes? She goes, I don't care how many of this room seats. What color are my eyes? And I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta be consumed about the mission, but let it rest when it needs to rest. I can't, I won't make it a long time if I let my marriage get toxic or destroyed or my kids get toxic or destroyed. All right, last thing, I'll fly through this. I found it from a guy, vulnerable pastors that won't make it. It's from Jeremy Riney, the solo pastor. The solo pastor, if you just think you're gonna do ministry all alone, you're not gonna make it. You're gonna burn out. You need to learn how to delegate and empower. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. That's what Ecclesiastes 4 says. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without the other to lift him up. You, you gotta, you, if you're just by yourself, it's just me against the world, you're probably not gonna make it. Now, here's another one, the silo pastor. You're on this team, but you're a silo. You're more in love with the team you're part of than the church that you're part of. And you're like, we are this campus and we are better and we are this and you silo. And then we say like, hey, here's what we wanna do from Central. No, nope, we're gonna do our own thing. You're, you're gonna burn out. You're just not gonna make it a long time here that way. Or your area of ministry. You're like, we love our group, but not the collective. No, you can't be that way. It is all for one and one for all. It, it's like everybody, we should not feel weird if we were to say, we're gonna mix up all the tables and make everybody sit with different people. We shouldn't be like, oh, who are these strangers? No, this is your team. You are not siloed. And I remember I lived, I lived silo when I was in Milwaukee. We were like, I'm youth ministry. We don't deal with you. Don't touch my stuff. You don't touch my stuff. I don't touch your stuff. I don't help you. You don't help me, okay? It was that siloed. I mean, even to the point when we went on youth choir tour and I was the youth pastor, the music pastor was like, you're here to take care of youth problems and you shut up on this trip. You don't talk to these kids. I'm the music director. This is a music trip. You are here as like a chaperone. You got that? I mean, that was toxic. It was so siloed, okay? Hey, you're like, did that really happen? That really happened, yeah, okay? Another one that won't make it is the super pastor, and I was the super pastor. I would not have made it. I would have burned out, I would have had a heart attack, whatever, I mean, you know, and seriously, I was, I, I used to do every visit, every hospital visit, every baby dedication, I did every funeral, every wedding. One summer I did 10 weddings, I did all the pre-marriage counseling, six pre-marriage counseling with each couple, 10 rehearsals, 10 weddings. My kids hated weddings. I thought, if I do this anymore, my kids will never wanna get married because they're gonna hate marriage so much. I gotta delegate, like, okay, I was the super pastor. I just had to be, and then I realized, you know what? It's a team, it's, 
it's all about Jesus and we get to pastor. And so let's let everybody use their gifts so that more can be done for his glory. But you're not gonna make it if you don't, if you think it's all about you. Um, and I'll use this because it's an easy one. Even like with worship leaders, I love, I love, love, love that you don't hog the mic. You let your team do it. Now, I gotta be honest. Sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, they would have sang it way better than that volunteer. And then I have to remind myself, we're developing people. We're developing people. We're developing people. And it's not about that. But, you know, and the only one that I am a stickler on is like Saturday night, what goes to the world, like that one, I'm still like, okay, that's broadcast. That's broadcast. But after that, I'm like, I'm so glad that we're developing people. But so many people were like, it's about me and I'm going to sing every solo and I'm going to do every special and I'm going to do everything. And it's a, and may, at the end, make sure you say how good I am. I'm so glad that's not our culture. All right. Um, all right. That's the salt. The, the one is pragmatic and we don't have to, a lot of problem with that because we have our own way of doing it. But what that person is, is whatever's the newest, latest, hottest, hippest, whatever, they just take it and change it into their ministry. And they're like, if this will grow the crowd, we'll do it. And you're like, well, that's not really in line with who we are. doesn't matter. It's growing the car crowd. I guess the biggest temptation to us real, that was very real was during COVID lockdown, churches that went ultra right mega actually were growing. And I was talking to friends like, hey, our money's flat, our money's flat, our attendance is down, we're 40 or 50%. They're like, we're 180% of what we were. I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh yeah, we're full on in. It's Trump or nothing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. All right, not gonna do that. I'm just telling you, there are people that won't make it because they chase whatever's hot. And then whatever's hot for a season, then it's not hot anymore. And they got to chase a new thing. And their church is like, I don't know who we are. All right. So I'm just letting you know, the pragmatic won't last a long time. And the last one is the embattled one. And I talked about solving problems. But if you are in conflict all the time, you are not going to make it in ministry. Like, and, 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 if you just are always, if it's always a fight, if it's a fight, if it's a fight, if it's a fight, and, and it's, thank God we have a healthy church that you don't have to fight with the board, okay? You may not realize this, but we've had all uh, unanimous votes as a, as a board, like, since the beginning. Even if we didn't have one, like, we, if I could feel like it wasn't gonna, we were all on the same page, I would table it. Like, we keep, fighting for it and going in there. And you're like, do you always think the same? Like, okay, we even use creative things. One time I said, how, how much of our reserve can we spend and to, make, to try to buy this building? And I said, everybody write it down on a piece of paper. And like I said, we should spend all of it. And one of the elders said, we should spend none of it. And then most of them were in the middle saying like spend 50%. I was like, I think God's speaking to us 50%. We'll throw out, the crazy low and the crazy high. I'm the crazy high. All right, yeah, and we'll throw those out and we'll go there. And they were like, okay, let's do it. And we voted, yes, let's do it, okay? So we use creative things, but we're unified. But if you have to fight your board and you have to fight your leaders and you have to fight with your boss and you have to fight with your team and you have to, and you just go to church and it is fight, 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 you just won't last. You just are like, I cannot handle this much crisis in my life and conflict, all right? So, these are the vulnerable ones, and I want you to last. I want you to give at least four. I pray that we'd get 10. We'd be honored if you do that. It's incredible if you go longer than that and we get a lifetime. And uh, 
man, everyone can leave well. And I just pray that you'll have longevity in ministry. I want to close with this. It's not just about River Valley. It's longevity in ministry. I don't want you to be a casualty. I don't want you to be like, ah, they made it to 24 years and then, you know, I want it to be like, yeah, you retired well and and kids are walking around the church going, I think you taught my grandma. You know, like, that'd be fun. It's fun if they would do that. All right? Which I was like having a moment last night. I was like, see it, Kirk and Davey's kids up there. And I was like, oh my goodness. And then I saw Hunter sitting there as a kid's pastor. I was like, he was in the musical. And then I was like, Connor and Logan in the musical. Wow, we're getting old. All right, last a long time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Church. I want to ask one Christmas gift. Would you be willing to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen if you've not done so yet? I know you've heard me ask before, but love seeing all those that are rating it, saying that it's helpful. It helps us get this out to more people. Hope you have an amazing Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll see you back at the start of next year for Talking Church.